0: Welcome to day 17 as uh, so we read the Bible together here on the Preacher Chick Podcast. And today we are beginning the book of Exodus. And I thought I'd give you just a tiny little background. If you're if you're following along in the reading plan from the Bible Project, One Story That Leads to Jesus, that you can find in the Bible app from YouVersion, then you're going to see that there's a video devotional today. Definitely watch that. Um, In case you're not and you're just following along with us here in the podcast, a little bit of background to the book of Exodus is that we believe this was written by Moses. Um, We also believe that this would have, mm, we don't know for sure, it most likely took place around um, that the exodus of Israel was around 1446 BC or so based on other things in scripture that give us a little bit of timeline but we don't know if that's completely accurate or not but that's kind of the gauge we use but the the purpose of the book of exodus is to show god's work for the people of israel um that his heart was to lead them to dwell with them and um he rescued them so that his name would be known um And that's what this is all about. So, without any further ado, let's get going. We are reading Exodus chapters 1 through 3 in Psalm 17 today. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each came with his family. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number of Jacob's descendants was 70. Joseph was also already in Egypt. Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation eventually died, but the Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous so that the land was filled with them. A new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and powerful than we are. Come, let's deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, they will multiply further. And when war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So the Egyptians assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built Pithom and Ramesses as supply cities for Pharaoh. But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. They worked with the Israelites ruthlessly. They worked the Israelites ruthlessly and made their lives bitter with difficult labor and brick and mortar and in all kinds of field work. They ruthlessly imposed all this work on them. It's amazing how, uh, I mean, what we see today of Egyptian culture is there is so much that was recorded um, and saved and um stored away to tell us of their history and their culture that a king would come into um to rule and not know about Joseph or how the people came to be there. I just find that very interesting. Anyway, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, the first whose name was Shipra and the second whose name was Pua, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. If the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she may live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and came became very numerous. Since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh then commanded all his people, You must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. That image alone is both grotesque and devastating um, and beyond. Uh, that is just... Evil, evil, evil. Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter, Went down to bathe at the nile while her servant girls walked along the river bank. She saw a basket among the reeds. Then her slave girl took it, opened it, and saw him, the child, and there he was, a little boy crying. She felt sorry for him and said, This is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a Hebrew woman who is nursing to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Moses, years later, after he had grown up, he went out to his own people and observed their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew one of his people looking all around and seeing no one. He struck the Egyptian dead and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong. Why are you attacking your neighbor? Who made you a commander and judge over us? The man replied, are you planning to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid and thought what I did is certainly known. When Pharaoh heard about this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian, and sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to draw water and filled the troughs with water, filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then some shepherds arrived and drove them away. But Moses came to their rescue and watered their flock. When they'd returned to their father rule, he asked, why have you come back so quickly today? They answered, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. So where is he? He asked his daughters. Why then did you leave the man behind? Invite him to eat dinner. Moses agreed to stay with the man, and he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. She gave birth to a son whom he named Gershom, for he said, I have been a resident alien in a foreign land. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned because of the difficult labor, and they cried out, and their cry for help of the difficult labor ascended to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob, and God saw the Israelites, and God knew. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and a flame of fire within a bush, as Moses looked. He saw that the bush was on fire, but not consumed. Okay, I read a devotion about this and I wanted to share because I thought this thought was really neat. God wasn't in the bush calling out to Moses to get his attention. He wasn't, Moses, look over here. Moses, Moses, come over here. What we just read in verse Um, two says, As Moses looked, he saw. How often. Do we get so busy and caught up with our lives that we don't take the time to look? We're not we're not paying attention and we're not looking for God in the things around us. But if we would, I believe we would find moments like this that Moses had, moments where God reveals something to us and speaks to us. But we have to pay attention. Verse 3. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, see here again, Moses saw, took notice of it. Then God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, he answered. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings and I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So because the Israelites cry for help, has come to me, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He answered him, I will certainly be with you, and this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Then Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me and said, I have paid close attention to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised you that I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to what you say. Then you, along with the elders of Israel, must go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now, please let us go on a three day trip into the wilderness, so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. However, I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go, even under force from a strong hand. But when I stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles that I will perform in it, after that he will let you go. And I will give these people. Such favor with the Egyptians that when you go, you will not go empty handed. Each woman will ask her neighbor and any woman staying in our house for silver and gold jewelry and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters so you will plunder the Egyptians. I like how God doesn't just say, okay, here is is the plan. Now go do it. And then that's it, hands off. God says, this is what I want you to do. And here's how it's going to go. But I'm going to be with you through the whole thing. And this is how it's going to end. I love that in this moment for Moses and for the people. Um, It was obvious and clear that Moses was apprehensive about going back and about doing this. And would the people believe him and all of that? And so God gives him just enough to build his confidence in him, not just himself, but in God. God that Moses, Moses has, has what he needs. Now we know if you've ever read this before, you know, Moses isn't completely like 100% confident in this and there's going to be another conversation, but God gives Moses everything he needs to accomplish this. And why is that important? Because if he did it for Moses, he'll do it for you. He's the same God. And if he's calling you to something, he's equipping you for it, and he's preparing it. He's preparing you. You don't have to stress or worry, because the same God, I am who I am, who formed you, who who called the Israelites out, that same God is the same God who's calling you. And he will do the same for you. He will equip you. He will prepare you. He will prepare things around you. And he will give you those you need, who will stand alongside you, who will pray for you, who will, who will encourage you in the process. Psalm 17, Lord, hear a just cause. Pay attention to my cry. Listen to my prayer from the lips free of deceit. Let my vindication come from you, for you see what is right. You have tested my heart. You have examined me at night. You have tried me and found nothing evil. I have determined that my mouth will not sin. Concerning what people do by the words from your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps are on your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, God, because you will answer me. Listen closely to me. Hear what I say. Display the wonders of your faithful love, Savior of all who seek refuge from those who rebel against your right hand. Protect me as the pupil of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who treat me violently, my deadly enemies who surround me. They are uncaring. Their mouths speak arrogantly. They advance against me. Now they surround me. They are determined to throw me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a lung, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, Lord. Confront him. Bring him down. With your sword, save me from the wicked. With your hand, Lord, save me from men, from men of the world whose portion is in this life you fill their bellies with what you have in store their sons are satisfied and they leave their surplus to their children but i will see your face in righteousness when i awake i will be satisfied with your presence friends i pray today that that right there is what what you feel and what you walk in but i will see your face in righteousness when i awake i will be satisfied with your presence I pray that um, his presence would satisfy you today and that his righteousness would be evident to you and in you as you go about your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for day 18.